Fire burns the John C. Yesno Education Centre in Yamabutong in northern Ontario. Fire also burns a new lumber mill in West Wanapee in northern Quebec. Canada will send 1,000 people to participate in the upcoming NATO war games. 90% of op-eds in major newspapers supported or defended Israel's genocide in Gaza. And Alabama has just murdered someone by gassing them. Good morning. It's Friday, January 26th. I'm Nora. Here are your headlines. Let's start today in Northern Ontario at Imabutong First Nation. A massive fire broke out yesterday morning at the John C. Yesno Education Centre. Austin Campbell with Superior North News Watch reports that more than half the building was destroyed by fire and the remaining part has quote-unquote extensive damages. The theory that investigators are working with right now is that the fire was arson and that two youths, aged 17 and 14, have been taken into custody. This is a devastating fire as the center is at the heart of the community. Campbell reports that reactions poured out on Facebook with many people sharing photos and memories of their time at the school and calling on the leadership of the reserve to find alternative arrangements for school to continue. 340 students attend the school from junior kindergarten to grade 10. Now, this wasn't the only devastating fire to hit an Indigenous community this week. CBC News' Susan Bell reports that a new sawmill in the community of Waswanapi burned to the ground on January 21st. Chief Irene Niposh said that the building is a total loss. The sawmill cost $19 million to build and opened last year after a decade of work to reopen it. Bell reports that the mill was the product of the Mistook Corporation, a forestry operation of the Cree First Nation of Waswanapi and Chartier Shibugamu. The enterprise was majority Cree-owned, and Bell reports, quote, the dream was for community members to be masters of their own lumber resources and to be involved in meeting the housing needs of the Cree nation and beyond, unquote. Everyone who worked there is now out of work. Investigators don't know what started the fire yet. The mill was, quote, one of the most modern sawmills in the province, unquote. The hope was that it would process enough lumber to build 2,000 houses annually for the First Nation. Next, a quick update about Canada's participation in those NATO war games, you know, the largest ones in 36 years. Well, Canada plans to send some 1,000 troops to participate, reports CTV News' Tom Yun. That would be a tiny fraction of the 90,000 people who are participating in total. Here is Yun describing the totally hypothetical and not at all real scenario that the games are hoping to simulate. Quote, the drills will simulate a hypothetical scenario where Article 5 is triggered. Article 5 is the section in the NATO treaty that can be invoked when one NATO ally is the victim of an armed attack, requiring all other alliance members to provide military assistance. Unquote. Canada will be sending the HMCS Charlottetown, the NATO group in Latvia, which Canada heads, and the Leopard 2 Squadron, plus more than 100 military vehicles and other equipment. Yoon quoted Chief of the Defense Staff General Wayne Eyre saying this, quote, The deployment of CAF personnel and assets alongside NATO and allied forces in alliance territory serves as a powerful and unmistakable message of deterrence to potential adversaries and reassurance to allies, unquote. 
For Russia, surely thinking that this show is all for them, they have said that they see these upcoming war games as marking, quote, the final and irrevocable return of NATO to the Cold War schemes, unquote. Next to news from the breach, Jeremy Appel took the painstaking decision to comb through 63 columns in the Globe and Mail, the Toronto Star, and the National Post between December 15th and January 15th. Aside, who knew these outlets were still publishing that much opinion content, my God. Anyway, let's remember that by December 15th, the extent to which Israel was already destroying Gaza and Gazans in the process was on full display, undeniable by any reasonable person. Anyway, Appel analyzed these columns and found that 90% of the columns about Israel or Palestine defended Israel's genocidal campaign. Only eight pieces opposed Israel's assault. Appel notes they defined opposition as having called for an immediate ceasefire or advocating for Israel to be held accountable. Appel posits this against one Ipsos poll, which showed support for a ceasefire published in late November at 81% among Canadians. Appel asked for comment about this from each newspaper and none responded. I'm really glad that he did this because I was kind of planning to do the same thing at some point just to be able to have a record of where everything was at. That level of support for Israel is unbelievable considering what they're doing right now. And God, those folks are going to look like complete clowns in, you know, many years as we look back. And finally to Alabama, when it's not the bodies of people who died in police custody sent to their families missing internal organs. If you remember this from a few months back on the Daily News, well, it's happened again. It's a new and experimental way for the state to kill people. That's right. The state has been finding new ways to do executions. This week, they killed Kenneth Smith by asphyxiation with nitrogen gas. This is the first time that someone has been executed in this way. He was given pure nitrogen gas through a face mask to starve him of oxygen. Al Jazeera reported that this is the first time since lethal injection was introduced in 1982 that a state has tried a different method. Oklahoma and Mississippi have also approved this horrifying death option. And get this, quote, Alabama has called this new protocol the most painless and humane method of execution known to man, unquote. Oh my God. Oh, and get this. Smith had already been injected lethally. He survived an execution attempt by lethal injection. It took 22 minutes for him to die, and Al Jazeera has details of what he went through that I won't share with you. It's just too horrific. But Smith's story gets even sadder, or more enraging, or both. He was in jail because he murdered a man's wife, a pastor, who had hired him and another guy for $1,000 each to do it. The pastor wanted to cash in on her life insurance, but his 1989 conviction was overturned. Smith was convicted again in 1996, and the jury recommended that he serve a life sentence. Unsatisfied with the decision of the jury, the judge decided that he should be executed and overrode the jury's decision. In 2023, there were 24 people murdered by lethal injection in these barbaric rituals. Now, I just want to bring attention to the fact that the International Criminal Court has released its decision. Already, it's being spun as a victory for Israel. The National Post says that a top UN court rejects South Africa's request to halt a war against Hamas. Now, Heidi Matthews says this, quote, predictably, moments after the IJC ordered extensive provisional measures against Israel because it found that the rights of Palestinians in Gaza not to be subjected to genocide were at risk of irreparable harm. We get this pre-written article spreading misinformation, and she, quote, tweets the National Post. 
Now, she says that it's true that the court did not order a ceasefire, but the court did order Israel to take all measures within its power to not commit genocide because there is at least a serious risk that Israel is about to commit genocide, if it hasn't already. This article says that South Africa, quote, claimed that the very establishment of the state of Israel was tantamount to genocide, and that, she says, is an absurd lie. So take a look at the information that is out there today. What is interesting is Heidi's thread is not actually loading on Twitter at all. It's very strange. I've never seen this before. You only can get one tweet at a time, and even then it's not working very well. So good work, I guess, their Twitter on that. But um, yeah, take take a look at the news to see other people analyzing it. Not a slam dunk victory, obviously, but probably not exactly good news for Israel either. Those are your headlines for Friday, January 26th. I'm Nora. You are listening to this podcast at sandynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you on the other side.